Hi there, and God bless you. I'm Brian Hallam. I pray that this message is a blessing to you. Thank you for downloading it, and thank you for following me on Twitter and Instagram and for liking and sharing what we post there. I just want you to know that I believe God wants to do something great in your life and in your family. So as we go into the Word today, let's go in with faith and hope and a high level of expectation for what God is going to do in your life. If you're watching us online, I just want to say thank you for watching. Many people watch our services live all around the world, and they watch the replays later, and it blesses us that you do that. I would say this, though. If you're ever in Texas, in the Bryan College Station area, we want to invite you to come out to a New Heights Church service live. I promise you, me and everybody here will do our best to make you feel right at home in Jesus' name. Come on, clap your hands. All right, open your Bible to the book of John chapter number 10. Starting a sermon series today I'm super excited about called Knock, Knock. It's, it's going to be powerful. You're going to want to bring your friends. The ushers are going to have some invite cards that say knock, knock on them on the way out. Just take a couple of them and next week bring somebody with you that you care about. But I want to start off the service with a really great knock, knock joke. Okay. But knock, knock jokes only work well with great crowd participation. So we're, this is practice. When I say knock, knock, what are you going to say? Wow, y'all sound great. Okay, you ready? Here we go. Knock, knock. Hatch. Bless you. Ma'am, could you explain that to your husband, please? Some of y'all are like, bless me, bless. Well, it's church, yeah. Like, like, at you. Y'all want another one? Knock, knock. Interrupting cow. That was terrible. Open your Bible to John chapter number 10. This is Jesus speaking. He says this. It's a parable. He says, verily I say unto you. He that enters not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief. And a robber. Verse 2. But he that enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Number one, if you're writing this down, strongly encourage you to take notes. Only going to have a few today. Number one, there is one way to heaven. One way to heaven. Why, why is this so important that, that, that literally we remind ourselves of this? Every Christian knows this because the Bible says very strategically that we have to choose to not be deceived. Things are going to sound like they make sense. The Bible says there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is death. Many things are going to sound like, hey, that kind of makes sense. That ought to work out. But Jesus made it very clear in John 14. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. There are some things in 2009, almost said 18, 2019 that you and I are going to have to hold fast our confession of faith. 
Because people are going to try to convince you that, well, you know what? There's, there's many roads, but one destination. The devil is a liar. If Jesus is not the only way, then he shed his blood in vain. And God would have never allowed that. The reason this is so important to you and to me is because when you begin to take that position, that position and you hold it tight and you say, I'm not coming off of Jesus being the only way to heaven. Now, all of a sudden, it will begin to spark a fervency on the inside of you and you'll begin to witness to the people that you care about. Because if we're all going to make it to the same place, then there's no reason to tell anybody about Jesus. But that's not true. What is true is Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Let's say it together. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Listen, if there was another way, we could talk about it. But there is no other way. Jesus, the same yesterday, today, and forever. There is only one that sits next to the right hand of the Father who went to prepare a place for you. There's only one who endured three rusty nails driven through his body and then stepped down into hell, defeated death, hell, and the grave, put his foot on the devil's neck, grabbed the keys to the kingdom, pulled him out of his hand, walked back out of that grave, walked out and said, I rose from the dead exactly how I said I was going to do it. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody else gave their life for you in that manner. Nobody else was authorized to go and snap the authority, snatch the authority of death from hell itself, but our God. We have to hold fast that profession of faith. We've got to make the decision because as time goes on and the world goes further and further from the things of God, we have to make sure that there are some ditches that we're willing to die in. You remember old Joseph in the Bible? He was Jacob's son and the Bible says he became the prime minister of Egypt and he, they would talk about how God was going to deliver all the Israelites out of Egypt. And then one day, uh, Joseph started getting sick and he thought, man, I might not see God deliver it, uh, Israel out of Egypt. I'm getting really old. And he said to them, he said, y'all make a covenant with me. If I die before God delivers us, then you dig up my bones and carry them out of Egypt because I know God is taking us to a promised land. Can I put that in different terminology? Joseph said, I'm committed to this thing even unto death. I'm committed to this thing to the bone. There's certain things we can't let go of. And the main one is he is, come on, let's say it together. The way, the truth, and the life. Give God a big hand of praise if you believe that today. Verse three, he says, to him, the porter opens or the, the doorkeeper, the doorkeeper opens, listen to this, and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. Did you know God knows your name? The Bible says he knows how many hairs are on your head. Some of you, it's three. He doesn't just know how many hairs. He knows your name. Now, now go back with me for just a minute. Those of you who are born again, if you're not born again, we're going to give you an opportunity to meet this Jesus that we're talking about right now before service is over. Those of you who are born again, those of you who were far from God at one point, and now you know he's ransomed you. Do you remember the moment 
Maybe it was in a room with hundreds. Maybe it was a room with thousands. Maybe it was just you and a friend. Maybe it was you and your parents. Maybe it was you and your praying grandmother. Maybe it was you and nobody else. Maybe it was you in a bar bathroom and all of a sudden the spirit of God began to make himself known unto you. Do you remember the moment when it felt like you were the only one on planet earth? And it was like God himself was speaking to you. And the only way to describe it is if, is, is as if he was calling you by name. You see the shepherd comes in and calls you by name. But then the Bible says this, number two, write this down. He comes in, but he doesn't come in to leave you. He comes in to lead you out. Somebody needs to love you enough to tell you the truth. Jesus said this, can I have a bottle of water? And Peter's like, bottles of water won't be invented for years, Jesus. No, (laughs) thank you. Oh man, Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane. He was about to be killed for you and for me. And the scripture says, that he was praying and he said to his dad in heaven, he said, dad, if there's another way, let this cup pass from me. What was in the cup? There was a whip. There was a crown of thorns. There was every sickness and disease, both known to man and those that have never been named. The curse of poverty, lack, unbelief. The Bible says the weight of sin itself was the cup he would drink. He said, if this cup can pass for me, in other words, I'd rather not be murdered on a cross. I would rather not be stripped naked and beaten in front of everybody. I'd rather not carry those wooden beams up that rock hill so that they can hang me in between heaven and earth and make a spectacle of my body. I would rather that not happen. Let this cup pass from me. But then he said some of the most powerful words in your whole Bible. He said, but nevertheless, thou will be done. In other words, if this is the cup I have to drink to ransom all of these people, then I will gladly drink it. Here's the challenge. Many of us are drinking cups that we don't have to drink. You see, there are some things you're gonna have to endure. I can't take them away from you. You can't take the ones that I have to endure away from me. But there are certain things that God is trying to lead you out of Because the more time you spend on the slippery slope living like the world and in the world and acting like the world and trying to figure out why is everything going wrong. And Jesus is saying, because I am the way when I enter in, I didn't enter in to leave you. I entered in to lead you to a better way. If you you never heard me say this, write this down. The more wisdom you get the less miracles you will need. That's not saying miracles aren't awesome. That's just saying there are certain things you can do. If you see a pothole and you don't step in it, you don't have to pray to have your leg healed. That's why he said he knows you, calls you by name, and then Jesus begins to lead you. Let me give you just a couple of examples. 
don't go to the bar at two o'clock in the morning and then have to pray for somebody to bring bail money. Y'all want me to put my holy face back on and start talking in parables? There's certain things you can do that will make it where you're consuming cups that you were never built to cons- that you were never built to consume or endure. There's decisions you can make. Let, let me just let me just tell you. There's certain decisions you can make in 2019 if you want to experience God at the highest level you've ever experienced. You can't act like you used to act in 2018. You can't carry all that stuff. You can't listen. If if the if the people in your life keep dragging you down, you may need to spend a season away from those people. Come on, if the person that you go to lunch with every day, all they do is open up their phone and start talking bad about everybody that's on their Facebook feed, and can you believe they did that? And every time you get done, you're you're, you're five hundred, you're you're five hundred and fifty calories heavier, and you're five hundred and fifty calories of nonsense coming in your ears. Just trying to figure out what's going on. What, what, what? You're drinking cups that you don't have to drink. He said, I want to lead you out. There's a better way. He said, well, well, what do you mean a better way? There's a better way. You don't have to do everything everybody around you is doing. You're in the world. You are not of the world. Some of you got to, we got to make a decision. So, man, I'm going to go to a higher place in 2019. Well, what, what if they talk about you? Let me just clarify. They're going to talk about you. They're going to talk about you either way. Wouldn't you rather them talk about you being too optimistic, too godly, too holy, too committed to Jesus, too committed to the house of God, too committed to the Bible? Wouldn't you rather talk about, wouldn't you rather them talk about you like that? Let me give you a couple more just like, like, cause, cause this hits family real hard. Okay. I'm just warming up. <laughs> I know it's Sunday morning, but it's the first Sunday of the year. Somebody's got to love you enough to just tell you the truth. If your family, no, let me, let me, families are like fruitcakes. They're all a bit nutty and filled with fruitcake. All right, here we go. But you might have to make some decisions Based off of the results you're trying to have. Here's some specific examples. If you're a parent. Or if you're not a parent. And every time you go to your family for Saturday afternoon dinner or whatever. I'm not talking about the people in your house. I'm talking about family. Friends. Whatever. And they are racist. I'm not telling you to never talk to them. Because that's ridiculous. But what I am telling you is you're risking that getting on your kids. Because whatever you have your kids around, that's normal. If you raise your kids in a circus around lions, tigers, and bears, let me just tell you something. Lions, tigers, and bears are normal to your kids. Whatever you have them around, that's normal. You see what I'm saying? So in the same thing, if you have, if, if every time you go to the family reunion or whatever, it's nothing but... But, but Billy and Bobby sitting on the back porch drinking a case of beer, smoking this and toking that and doing everything else. Let me just tell you, when those kids hit 12 or 13 years old, let me tell you what they're going to want to do. Why? Because that's normal. 
See, Jesus didn't save you to leave you. He saved you to lead you out of something. He said, well, what do I do with my family? Your family doesn't need you to drown next to them. They need you to get over in a safe place and throw them a life preserver and pull them in to the kingdom of God. The most dangerous thing you can do is continue with status quo. Because what you may be able to just control, the next generation may use it and wrap around a tree. Because he doesn't love you to leave you. He loves you to lead you. You got to make some decisions in 2019 that we're going to leave some of the things in the past that didn't get us anywhere. And we're going to press. The Bible says it like this. The apostle Paul, who wrote 13 books of the Bible, which is approximately 13 more books of the Bible than anybody in here wrote. He said this. He said, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. In other words, there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is death, but there is one that describes himself as the way, the truth, and the life, and if I'll grab him by the hand, he'll lead me out of the miry clay of my life, and he'll set my feet on a solid rock, and everything, not one thing, everything in my life begins to change. But we can't go acting like we used to act. You can put yourself in an environment, unless you put yourself in an environment, even when you're not doing it, and you can still pay the price. My parents used to tell me all the time, they'd say, Brian, now look, you can be in the wrong place and you can still have the penalty. You can be doing the right thing, be in the wrong place, still have the penalty. I told this story first service. It might have been the first time I've ever told it. But when I was in college, had y'all ever heard this before? Great. <laughs> That's my parents. <laughs> I told them, I said, y'all about to hear something you've never heard. <laughs> Almost changed the name. You know, those stories like, oh, the, the identities have been changed to... I was in college and I was a little bit of a rascal. Quit acting like you weren't a rascal when you were young. All of y'all are like, "Mm, okay. I was a rascal. God delivered me from a lot of stuff. I was making a bunch of poor decisions. God just moved in my life, delivered me from a lot. Everything changed. And for about 40 days, I just kept to myself real, real strategic. And one of my friends said, Brian, you never do anything with us anymore. I said, that's because y'all are heathens. Not to say that. <laughs> they were. So was I. But they were too. And I thought, I thought, yeah, I sure don't. They said, why don't you just come out with us? Come on, come out with us. I'm like, well, I don't know. This man, come on. You ain't got to do anything we're doing. Just come out with us. We want to hang out. We miss you. I'm okay. Where y'all want to go? Well, we're going to go to the bar. I thought, ooh, I don't know. Come on, man. Just come on. You, you know, you, we don't care what you do. We just want to be around you. And it's true. These guys did love me. I love them. It was wonderful. So I said, all right, let's go. So we go to the bar. And I walk in. All of a sudden, it was a very different encounter than I'd ever had. You remember the Apostle Paul? The Bible says that he had scales on his eyes and the scales fell off. And now he could see differently. I walked in and there was a guy throwing darts. And he was about 450 pounds throwing darts. And, and he was making all these self-deprecating jokes about himself. I'm just walking by. This happening in, in seconds. But I instantly hear it. And I turn and my heart is broken in half. Because instead of just hearing somebody telling jokes, 
the scales had come off and I could see it's somebody that was very self-conscious in that moment and he was trying to make fun of himself so much that nobody else had the opportunity to make fun of him. And I was like, oh. Then I walk a little further and at the bar, there's a lady in her, in her early 50s and she's wearing basically a swimsuit top. And I don't care how anybody dresses, so don't mishear me. It doesn't matter to me at all. But she was just, she was just putting herself way out there. And there was a guy that was obviously, if he wasn't, if he wasn't really wealthy, he was trying to look wealthy, sitting at the bar. And this lady was just, just, just doing everything she could. And instead of just seeing a pretty lady, what I saw was somebody whose entire identity was wrapped up in what somebody else thought of her. And my heart was broken again. And I thought, how did I ever enjoy this place? It just, it's a, it's, it's people broken all around me. And we go and we start playing pool. And my friends do exactly what my friends went to do. We could act like we were going to play pool, but the truth is they were going to get drunk. That was the plan. Like everything else was, was subordinate. The pinnacle of the plan was to go get intoxicated. Does anybody know what I'm talking about at all? Like that was the whole plan. You know, we're going to go get drunk. What are they going to do? I don't know. We're going to be drunk doing it. You know, that was the whole plan. So we're sitting there. And, and it gets to be about time to go. And, and uh, my friends are very drunk. And I said, man, let me drive you guys home, you know. And they're like, okay, church boy wants to drive us home now. Used to be the life of the party. Now you're the fun police. I'm like, I'm not like the fun police. I just don't want you to like die. Like whatever. But drive your own truck. So we go out to the parking lot. And they get in their own truck. I get in mine. And all of a sudden a police car drives by. And... When the police car pulls in the parking lot, a crazy anointing jumped on my friends. The anointing of Bo and Luke Duke. <laughs> I don't know if it was playing in their truck or what, but just a good old boy. Never meaning no harm. And all of a sudden I look and the cops pulling out and they see the cop and they're like, oh, we got to go. And they're they peel out and drive off. I'm like, oh my gosh. So I watch and they turn around the corner of this, uh, we're in a parking lot and turn around the corner of this grocery store and, and I follow them around. I'm probably 10, 15 seconds behind them and I come around the corner and there's their truck and they, they ran into a light pole in the middle of the parking lot. There's no cars. <laughs> it's like midnight or whatever. Like, like there's one pole in the whole parking lot and he hit it, Okay. I'm like, oh my gosh. So I go over there. I'm like, first I think, I hope they're not hurt. So I go and I, I open the door and it's like clang, 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 clang. There's a whole bunch of like Sprite and Dr. Pepper bottles, you know. Just... <laughs> and they're not there. I'm like, oh, they vanished. And I look up and they're running down the parking lot. <laughs> and I get back in my truck and I drive up beside them. I'm like, hey, man, want a ride? <laughs> they jump in the truck. They said, hit it, Brian. I said, no. <laughs> I take them to their apartment. It's not too far. They go in. I said, I'm going to go. I said, I'm not going to jail for you guys, hopefully. But I'm going to go try to get your truck, if I can get your truck. I'm like, all right. So I let them in their apartment. I walk back to where their truck was. And I get there. <laughs> 
And I realize, like, if a police officer drove up in that moment, the odds of him believe, no, officer, I haven't been drinking. I just drove my friends down the road and I walked back and here I am. And none of this beer, the beer is everywhere. Like there's no, I'm sitting in it. It's like, whoosh. Like if they'd have tried to give me a breathalyzer test, I would have blown 0.0, but they would have called for a new breathalyzer machine. They would not have believed it. You know what I'm saying? So they, I get in the truck and I drive and, and I'm driving back and I sense very strongly the Lord dealing with me saying, you're going to be in enough situations for me. You don't need to go putting yourself in situations. See, he, he, he loves you too much to leave you. He loves you to lead you. Does this make sense? Number one, he's the way. There is no other way. The only way is Jesus. Number two, he's here to lead you. Verse four, and when he put forth his own sheep, he goes before them. Somebody say before. He goes before them. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. The only way you can follow something is it has to be going before you. It has to be going in front of you. Very few kings do that. Most kings send you out. Jesus leads the way. The first thing we have to remember is he is the only way. The next thing is he wants to lead you out. The second thing is he's going to guide you. The third thing, he's going to guide you. Number three, he's going to guide you through this life. He's going to guide you through 2019. Those of you watching online, those of you watching in the overflow, he's going to guide you in 2019. You're, you're, going, to, you're going to sense his hand nudging and leading. And, and let me just say it like this. There's nowhere you're going he hasn't been. There's nothing you've had to endure or you will endure that he hasn't felt. There's no pain that you're experiencing that is foreign to him. Let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, thy will be done. He drank the fullness of every pain, issue, and problem you will ever endure. And he's willing to guide you through it. Here's the thing. He does this so we can follow him and... I don't want to follow somebody who hadn't been there. You ever been to a, a store and they like you, you you got a you got like you got a an item in the store and you're like, hey, do you know if this fits on a nineteen ninety two Chevy? And they go, Huh, let me check. And they take it from me and they start reading it. And I'm like, bro, I already read it. I was hoping that you knew because it doesn't say. I'm looking for somebody who's been there to guide me. I don't need somebody who hasn't been there to guide me. I need somebody that's been there to guide me. I need somebody who has been tempted in every manner of temptation and endured it all. I need somebody who has been 
been there to guide me. I need somebody who has made a way for me where there was no way. I need somebody who is opening doors that no man can open. I need somebody who has been where I want to go to lead me, to guide me, and take me somewhere in 2019 I didn't get in 2018. I need somebody to guide me. Somebody said, guide me. And the quicker you get at responding to his voice, the more clearly his voice becomes in your life. Delayed obedience is disobedience. Whether God tells you to walk across the street or climb Mount uh, uh, Kilimanjaro, the answer is yes or no, obedience or disobedience. Whether it's a small thing or a big thing, if he's guiding, I'm going. Everybody say one way. You can't back off of that. You can't back off of that in 2019. Don't you let the world convince you that there's another way. He is the way. He's going to lead you out of some stuff. Some of you, things that you're doing right now and you're comfortable doing Next year, this time, you could, you won't be able to imagine yourself doing it. And I'm not going to give you an itemized list of sin. The Bible says to know what is right and to not do it to him, that is sin. The minute that you hear and you realize, hey, that's something. But I'm not interested in seeing how much sin I can get away with and still know God. I'm interested in seeing how close I can get to God and not go to heaven yet. Why don't you want to go to heaven yet? I want to raise my kids. I want to see the will of God come to pass. There's a lot of things that God has put in my heart to do that I haven't done yet. And I want to see it happen. I'm going to go to heaven at 120 years old and I'll be healthy when I go. Assuming Jesus doesn't come back before that. And when I cross over, I want him to say, hey, good job, Brian. I don't want him to say, why didn't you try hard? I don't want him to say, why'd you work your fingers to the bone for that company? But when it came to the kingdom, you were haphazard about it. All shucks. See, he loves you too much to leave you in this nonsense. You can stay. But he doesn't want you to stay there. He wants to take you from glory. Come on, somebody. He wants to lead you out and then guide you so that the people who are drowning around you can see you safe and secure on the ark of the hope of our salvation. You can throw them a lifeline and pull them into the kingdom with us. This is the whole plan of God. The rest of this sermon series, you're not going to want to miss it because I'm going to go into some detail about some things that get into our houses. Metaphorically, isn't it interesting? You don't have to plant weeds. They just grow. You don't have to bring bugs in your house. They just get in. So we're going to talk about the things that we're letting in. But more importantly, and most importantly, as we start, the question is simple. What are you doing with the one who is the way, who leads us out? And chooses to guide us. I'm going to quote one more scripture. And and then we're going to pray and dismiss. So really lock in with me for the next minute or two. Revelation chapter 3 verse 20. 
It's a very powerful verse. Revelation 3 and 20. It says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anybody will hear my voice and open the door, I'll come in and will sup with him. That's King James Version. What he's actually saying is he'll walk in and say, what's up, y'all? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Says he'll eat with you and you with him. You don't go out to eat with people you don't like. What he's saying is not only will I come in, I want to live life with you. I want to be there when you wake up. I want to be there when you go to sleep. When your heart hurts, I want to mend it. When there's rejoicing, I want you to know that I'm there with you. I go with your children to school. I go with your, with your, with your wife to work. I go with your husband to work. I, I want you to know I, I'm here to be with you. But he doesn't kick the door down. He said, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. And anybody who will open the door, I'll come in. But you have to open the door. Everybody bow your head and close your eyes, please. Everybody bow your head and close your eyes. Who, who is he talking to today? Who, who in the overflow, who is he talking to today? Who online, right here in the, who is he speaking to? That still small voice where you sense it good and strong. I'd love to open the door. I can't open your door. You have to open your door. You have to make the strategic decision to trust Jesus when nothing else, when nothing else will do. We hope you were blessed by today's podcast. If you'd like more information about Pastor Brian or New Heights Church, visit newheightschurch.info and be sure to follow Pastor Brian on Twitter and Instagram. Until next time, thank you so much for liking and sharing.